there's a great fitting story to this club. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the slider. And let's dive into the fitting aspects of this club. This is Tinkering 201. You heard it here first. Some golfers aren't going to be sure which driver head they should go to. Let's start talking about that. I like them straight. I like them long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ, enough chit-chat. This is the Fitting Room Podcast with your hosts, Nate Adelman and AJ Volpel. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another awesome edition of the Fitting Room Podcast. I am your host, AJ Vopel, with my main man, Nate Adelman. Nate, we're fresh off the Masters. First major of the season, and I know it had you thinking, Fitting Room. Always. Because we haven't really done one in a while. I know you've been you've been off in a far-off land. Yeah, I mean... Magical place called Brazil. Well, yeah, we <laughs> spent two weeks down in Brazil. It was beautiful. Nice. Uh... But the whole time I was trying to come up with new topics, <laughs> new, you know, and um, as you know, AJ, uh, I, I, I do, I guess, on the org chart, HR thinks I'm marketing. Right. But I kind of try to spend <laughs> as much time as I can in the build area. Yes. With R&D guys. You've been banned from like four different places. Right. From, on Callaway right. headquarters. Right. So I'm not allowed in certain parts of the building, but <laughs> at at company-wide events like the sales meetings right. or PGA show, oftentimes a lot of people from a lot of departments come together. And that's my opportunity. I always, I don't talk to you. If you notice, I never talk to you at sales meetings. No, 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 no. Because. But that's my preference. <laughs> that's because I go nowhere near you. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite guys to talk to is one of our R&D managers, Patrick Dawson. Patrick, besides being exceptionally just friendly guy is <laughs> he is a good guy really 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 smart and his work he's been at Callaway for a number of years over a decade and has worked across the entire product line and I'll always just pick his brain on stuff about physics and about uh, the way golf clubs are built and designed and mm -hmm. so I thought what if we could get Patrick on the show to do a little bit of like physics essentials so things we allude to all the time like center of gravity MOI forgiveness but let's talk to the guy who's actually considering these things on a daily basis in the design of golf clubs, who knows about just as much about it as anyone in the building. And hopefully we could educate our listeners a little bit about the physics behind the golf clubs. Right, because it has a direct correlation of getting fit for clubs. I mean, every center of gravity in a club is different, and, and golfers should be educated on where that CG is located in the driver and, that they're trying. And when we're making a lot of the adjustments in our drivers, we what we're changing is we are changing CG and we are affecting the MOI. Right. And so hopefully Patrick can help us understand a little bit more about what goes into that and what effects we can expect from a physics standpoint that'll help us when adjusting and getting fit for clubs. And you know why I really like this topic, Nate? I'll tell you why. You, you, you don't want to hear why, but I'll tell you why. Okay, right? let's hear it. Because every time when we come out with a new product and we just use, we throw around words like CG and MOI, it's almost to a fault as if we assume the golfer knows what the hell we're even talking about, right? right? Like, or I mean, why it matters. Yeah, they or why it matters. They might know what it means, but why does, what does it matter? Right. Like, I remember, like, before I started even working in the golf industry and I would see those things, I would have no idea what they mean. Right. So now I'm very happy. As you could tell, my enthusiasm, my the level of my voice is raising. I'm happy that we're addressing this and that hopefully – um, all the listeners will learn something about the CG in their clubs or how it could affect their performance, spin characteristics, forgiveness, all that good stuff. So um, that conversation, you guys, is coming up right after this extremely short commercial break. Hey, everyone. This is Nate from The Fitting Room. I wanted to let you guys know that I was able to trick our e-commerce team into creating a promo code for The Fitting Room Podcast. 
If you use promo code FITTINGROOM on CowboyGolf.com, you'll get free shipping on your entire order and 20% off anything in the Team Callaway collection. So head over to CallawayGolf.com and use promo code FITTINGROOM. All right, we are back. Short break. And as promised, we have from R&D, we actually went back there. I'm not allowed back there, actually. Nate is allowed back there. I'm I'm not actually allowed, but I found ways that I can kind of sneak by the the guards, right, and get back there. Well, and, and we said, give us your smartest man. And then all of a sudden, poof, Patrick Dawson appeared. Patrick, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell everybody, all our listeners, a little bit about your background with R and D um, and your time at Callaway. So, been at Callaway 11 years. was actually my anniversary last Friday. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah thank cool. you. Uh, and I am currently an R&D manager overseeing a lot of the putters. But before that, I was also in R- innovation and advanced engineering inside R&D. I've been in R&D the whole time. So, what you're saying is you know a lot about how golf clubs are made <laughs> and the physics behind them. A lot of the secrets. One of my interesting first projects was working on a triangle driver, which later became FTIZ. Oh, oh, nice. And that was a, that, that one was, had a cult following. It did. Yeah. It still does. It still does. What would you say has been the the project from an engineering standpoint that you got the most excited about that you felt was the biggest leap or breakthrough? I think well the FTIZ was pretty interesting because when I first came in, Alan was the VP of innovation at the time and he told me and another guy, he said, "Max out every rule that was on the on the books at the time." So huh. Um, in the USGA rules, you have the A, B, C dimensions, which are roughly uh, heel to toe, front to back, uh, to cr- sole to top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. And then there was also a, a volume requirement. Plus, and then they said, and he said, max out inertia. <laughs> and at the time, it was fifty nine hundred. So we're like, okay. So we start to go through the CAD, and we're like, we can't even really get there. I'm like, what, how the hell, the hell are we going to do this? Because everything we did was over volume. And then that's what we later came out with the triangle was to trim away some of the some of the fat of it. But we mm-hmm. still maintained great inertia in the IZZ and then had also great inertia in IYY as well. Oh. You know who's a uh, fun fact here. You know who's still playing that driver? Mark Wahlberg is still Ooh. playing. Mark Wahlberg uh, was at the Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am yeah. with that driver. Yeah. So he's still it's, he's still digging it. It's still and that I <laughs> think driver of the stars. It, there you go. It uh, it sounded like a cowbell when we first made it, and I made it. I did a joke once. I teed up two balls side by side and hit it. I broke the club, but I joked that the two balls still went 200 yards each. <laughs> nice, I love it. All right, so let's get into a little physics. This is a topic that Nate really wants to talk about, and you know what? When he approached me with this topic, I was like, "Yeah, let's of course do it," because I can't believe. Nate, we haven't even done it yet on the fitting room, which is kind of well, crazy. We get so many questions about people asking about adjustability and asking about which clubs are better for them. And the answer always lies in usually two factors. One is CG, center of gravity location. The other is MOI, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the two are very related. So you, when one changes, the other has to change as well, typically. Yes. And so I think these are the two most important fundamentals whenever you're purchasing a golf club or looking at your and analyzing your existing set is to look at where where are my relative CG locations mm-hmm. and and where are my and how's the MOI factored in and that can usually answer a lot of the questions that you might have about fitting adjustability is this head appropriate for my game right. etc. So uh, the guy who knows about the most is sitting right here with us. Hell yeah! So that's 
so here we are. Let's right. talk about it. Nice. All right. So, um, Patrick. Yeah. CG location. Yes. Why is it so important? It roughly is the position that if you could hold the club by a string, the head by a string, mm-hmm. would be perfectly balanced. So it is the exact center of mass of the entire head. So if I could, because I if I could physically put a fishing line, right, put right. it in the middle at the CG, the head would be perfect. And so why, as that CG position changes on different golf clubs, how does that affect performance? Like why is why should we consider CG when selecting clubs and adjustability adjusting clubs? It all comes down, I think, probably more relative to where the golfer hits the ball on the face. Mm-hmm. So if you impact on the face that's not at the center of gravity, you're going to lose momentum transfer from the head mm-hmm. into the ball because that center of gravity is off center. Mm-hmm. And then it causes not only just some transfer of momentum, but then also a twist. And that twist is what causes side spin, back spin, and a loss of distance. So, okay, so I have a question. I'm trying to talk as general as possible yeah, here, yeah. okay? As general as possible. So isn't it... Isn't it easy to assume that most golfers think the center of gravity is right in the middle of the club face or right behind the middle of the club face since that's the part of the club that you're trying to – that's where you're trying to hit it? Generally, yes. Well, generally that's what people will think. But right. most of the time it's not exactly at the center. Exact, but that's my point. So, yes. like, uh, so it's different in every, in every club. Yes, and if it's like a prototype – level club mm-hmm. the center of gravity is maybe closer to the center right but on a more game improvement or super game improvement club we right. actually sneak the cg closer to the shaft than the center of the face mm-hmm. to try and promote for most of those golfers you get a slice yeah and so the we want to try and add a little bit of spin the other way so we put the bias. cg kind of more towards the heel and then that promotes it to come around to the left so more. Right is on. there a golf club that we would design where we wouldn't be 100 percent conscious of where that center of gravity location is no we would always know where it is We're all, right. yes okay yeah. so that's like of of and depending on the type of club that that we're creating we are seeking to optimize the location of that absolutely of that and so how does that change from a driver to a fairway wood to a hybrid to irons let's say uh in the rough shapes of heads you have Big drivers kind of have different ranges of where the CGs are in the depth from the front of the face to where it is in the back of the head. Um, we will always still try and optimize it from heel to center where mm-hmm. we want it. We'll know that roughly, and that'll be fairly consistent, I would say, through the sets. Drivers, fairways, irons, hybrids, all the way down to putters. Mm-hmm. And then we play with the depths and then also the heights. Mm-hmm. So roughly, if we try and imagine an XY plane, X is going straight back from front to back. Y goes from heel to toe. And then Z goes up and down from crown to sole. So Z is the height. X is the depth. Y is back mm-hmm. heel the to width, toe. Yeah. Uh, the Y is usually fixed in that because that's along the shaft or closer to the heel or closer to the toe. Well, that'll be fairly consistent. Now, mm-hmm. then we just play with depth and height. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, higher CGs result in more backspin, higher launches, lower CGs. Lower backspins, lower launches. So for irons and wedges, we want a little higher CG than something like a, a hybrid or a, a fairway wood or driver where you want lower spin. Yeah, and generally, in some, like in the driver, sometimes it's just get it as low as possible. Whereas in the irons, it was 
for a while we did we played with constant CG height where the three iron had the same CG height that maybe a pitching wedge did, but later we've then played with it and said, well, we'll do like what's called like a progression, mm-hmm. where CG yeah. starts to sneak up or down, where they're more optimized for each iron type. So like short irons may have a certain CG height range, right. long irons may have a different one for different playability characteristics. So all right, so I have a question. Um, I actually went to get a fitting. Um, I took my friend to go get fit when I was back in New York um, in December and we went to the fitter and he played double black diamond and he crushes it. Yeah. But he also has a tendency, he crushes it because he has a tendency to hit the ball high on the face. Yeah. And that CG in that driver was a little higher than, than I don't want to say normal, but it was, it had a high CG. Right. So, so then we, we were having him go with Epic. We're having him hit Epic also, but his, I mean, his numbers were better with Epic. His ball speed was up in Epic. Yeah. But we had him tee it a little higher so he could still kind of get the spot where he was. Right. Hitting. Yeah. Right. But like it was, it was just so interesting to me, um, watching him get fit and the fitter, um, my buddy Kirk Oguri, uh, he was explaining that to to John, who was who was the one hitting, and like John was like, "Wow, like I didn't even really think of that. Like where this, like I hit it high in the face, like." This club is perfect for me because I tend to hit it so high in the face. Yep. Whereas like Epic, like he almost tried to had to make like an adjustment of where he wanted to hit the ball. Yeah. Was there a question there, AJ? No, but it was uh, it was interesting <laughs> because it was literally from a fitting standpoint of like how important CG was, yes. you know, and and it was like kind of I mean he it was like an epiphany for him because he had no idea he just yeah, hit right. the ball he had no clue where the CG was or even. Like he didn't even care to know, you know. Well, and I think that was also another going from double black diamond to the previous one. There we, was I, I call it what by its R and D code name, um, which was what Summit. Oh right. So we had so two mountains. double black diamonds in a row. One had yeah. the one gravity core, and one had the, the two. two. Yeah. Yeah, but the the that was a either one was a a dramatic shift in where we could put CG because generally, right. if you wanted higher CG, we would go deeper. Right. It just naturally happens because, again, of the XY, XYZ plane. But with that, we could actually just switch the gravity cores and you could get lower or higher CG at the exact same CG depth, right. which was a big, big change. Right. And so on that one, you could actually get, you could have people tell what, where they hit on the face much better. And it was a much more... Well, yeah, one, you could custom, one zero. Right, because you could and you could customize it to pretty much where you're hitting it on the face. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's bring in another variable here. Yeah. Uh, MOI. Yes. Um, so CG center of gravity MOI moment of inertia oftentimes uh, referred to similarly as forgiveness. But when designing golf clubs, how do you guys define MOI when designing a club? Well, there's again. So I go back to that same axis. There's MOI in each axis in the X, in the Y, in the Z. Primarily the one that we concern ourselves with is in the Z, which if you look from the top down of the head is it's it twisting mm-hmm. around the connection between the crown and the sole. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big one that causes, that really helps in off-center hits and then keeps the ball kind of dispersion left and right. Mm-hmm. The other one that's uh, maybe a little bit important but not nearly as much is the one that goes from heel to toe, which is the IYY, and that kind of will loft or de-loft the club at impact. And so that one kind of controls more backspin. Right. So you would almost, sorry, you define it as like the club twisting or the amount the club twists 
like on off center hits. Exactly. And it's because left right twisting or up down twisting. Yes, Those exactly. Those are the two ways. So left right twisting would be uh, on off center hits is, is the ball going left or right in side spin. Yes. And up down is whether you hit it high or low on the face mm -hmm. and backspin. Correct. So the goal then is to minimize both of those. Uh, in general, you want to minimize the side spin as much as possible because right. that you want to have the perfect shot is zero side spin, right. ideally, and then it goes will go straight. But then where you hit on the face, either towards the heel or towards the toe, you'll get spin that is counteracting that, right? And it'll start to come back and maybe even cross over. Whereas in backspin, generally because of the high swing speeds of people in general, you'll always have some backspin. You're just going from either really low or really high or right in the, right in the sweet spot. So should players in determining um, what driver they're going to get, should they always look for the driver with the highest MOI? This is the interesting part. So back to FTIZ, I'll bring that back kind of. And <laughs> at the time we were re-released if, if people that follow Callaway, we did FTIQ and then FTIZ. Well, both of them had the exact same inertia number, roughly 5,900, 5,800 IZZ. Well, they were both not created equal, and I challenged somebody to say, which one was more forgiving? Well, they both have the same number, but one was definitely more forgiving, and that mm -hmm. was FTIZ. Mm -hmm. Now, that was because its CG position was a little bit more forward than FTIQ. Now, what that does is, now think about the, eyes, the inertia number is how resistant something is to twisting. Mm -hmm. Bigger the number, the better. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can get, if I can have that same inability to twist and put it closer to the impact then that means that that club has a higher resistance to total twist mm -hmm. but if i have this big old long lever arm and this thing can has a certain number way out here then it's going to twist easy because now i've got this big old breaker bar on the club right. like you think i gotta go take a lug nut off my car what do you grab you grab a six foot pole right instead of a three foot ratcheting wrench which yeah. one's going to be easier the six foot right. bar, the longer one. Yeah, exactly. So that's what, if you can think of CG position is it's really where the impact happens, where the CG is, that's your breaker bar. Mm -hmm. And the law, the closer it is, the harder it becomes to twist. Gotcha. So it's a little counterintuitive because normally we're saying, uh, you need more forgiveness, more MOI, or you go more MOI, which means more weight in the back, more weight in the back, but that could all also extend that the distance from the CG to the Absolutely. MOI. Yeah. So, when when you guys are designing clubs you're identifying where the cg location is and then trying to move weight away from that but while keeping the cg close to the face there is that are crazy? So like what are the yeah. challenges it sounds like there's there are some those two forces are yeah, like a give, a give and take they're working against each yeah. other so how how's that trade-off evaluated so there's there's two real regions to consider you have the spin robustness and the spin is caused by if you hit off center the gear effect of the club rotates and then it imparts some spin on the ball for that case you want the smallest you want the cg as close as you can get to the point of impact flat out but then there's also another aspect of ball speed robustness where i want to if i hit it on the head i want it to still have as much forward momentum as possible mm -hmm. for that case you want as deep as you as you can yeah. get so there's kind of a little bit of a competing trade-offs between I want the most ball speed, most consistent ball speed, or I want the best spin um, right. consistency. So there's for each club, there's a definite range where that's max. Both of them are maximized or, or the best they can be. 
and it all it varies all the way through the set from uh, driver one is different than the fairway then it's different mm -hmm. than an iron the different hybrid and all of them is there a trend is there a trend that you're seeing or developing back there or seeing with uh, a lot of other drivers and other companies where the cg is being placed in a driver well we saw for a little while um the sldr can you say mm -hmm. other people? yeah sure um you know the trend of okay more forward more forward more forward well mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great for certain types of players. Right. We created an internal prototype that was even more forward than SLDR and more forward than what we've ever put out. And we gave it to certain tour players and said, hey, hit this product. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it was all painted. Nobody knew. And there were some players that said, I want this driver right now. <laughs> like, you're going to have to pry it from my cold, dead fingers. Oh, my God. But they, we found out that it's a certain type of swing type that preferred that type of CG position. So right. somebody like who's a very iron dominant swing, for example, really wants a very forward CG position in their driver. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get a big old 460 CC driver, that's very hard to get a CG that's less than one inch from the face. Mm -hmm. We did it, but it's very challenging. All right. I have one more question, Nate. Um, I see you over there getting ready to, uh, to talk shop here, but I have one more question, <laughs> uh, Patrick, yeah. someone, who swings down with their driver yep. someone who comes at it at a negative say one degree or something like yep. that is there a preference of but you know it kind of kind of hits it on the around the center of the face sure is there a preference of where that cg like an ideal cg location for that player who has a who kind of has a, a descending blow on the ball i would say it's a forward cg forward yep Okay. It's funny you asked that question because <laughs> I'll tell you why it's funny. It's because uh, a few weeks ago, our, our our guest on the show a few weeks ago, John Milnarski, yeah, he does all of our fittings here at headquarters or does many of them, mm -hmm. and he's been fitting people for Epic now for you know four or five months, mm -hmm. and he was telling me that he sees a correlation between attack angle and which whether players like the standard or the sub zero yeah, sub zero epic, yeah, absolutely. Right? we like the sub zero well if you hit up <laughs> on oh, i just blew it it's oh. me damn it <laughs> it's me that player is damn no if if you hit if you if you hit up on the ball so of a positive attack angle people are preferring sub zero because it's a little oh. lower center of gravity so mm. that the center of gravity is kind of in line with you're hitting they're saying because of the feel now if you hit down on it a little players are preferring the standard i'm and hearing opposite of this it's this definitely uh -oh. it's definitely this, this way weird. because if you look out on Yikes. our tour if you look at our tour staff on tour uh the guys actually have a slightly descending many guys have a slightly descending blow yeah um because they want the same swing with their irons and their drivers and they have such good club head speed and they hit the center anyway uh that's why the standard is the, our most popular model on tour uh you look at some of the notable guys on tour who hit up on it uh, in particular, uh, an Irishman, not on our staff. He uses sub zero because he's about two and a half degrees up on it. Mm -hmm. So pretty much, uh, it's kind of a similar question. Those CG height is different on the sub zero and the standard. Yeah. And the positive attack angle likes the the lower version, and the negative attack angle likes the standard. Mm. All right. Well, we're gonna have to, uh, Patrick. We have to run some tests on this. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> to see, we're gonna have to, uh, yeah. Find I'll, some I'll, pull up, in this. I'll pull up that secret very forward CG driver that we had. Yeah, seriously. I want that driver that every player wants. <laughs> How can I get one of those? <laughs> that that thing, like, it it was interesting. Back to FTIZ again. Because um, we run with the dispersion and how much you expect, we, we changed the curvature of the face, um, both in the heel-to-toe direction and the up and down. And when we were running the numbers on FTIZ, we're like, 
crap, this thing's going to be super flat. This thing practically looks like an iron when you mm. put down a gigantic driver. Well, we did the same thing with this um, super forward um, driver, and it just it looks weird. But you, no matter, tee it low, tee it high, tee right. it left, tee it right, doesn't matter. The ball just freaking flies the damn. same way every damn time. <sighs> now, get it off center and really try and swing, and the ball might fly out, fall out of the sky because that – Right. Ball, the ball speed isn't as consistent as maybe it could be with a deeper CG, but right. man, that thing just, it shot darts the whole, like every shot looked the same. So yeah. if you can square it up on a dime every time, that's a good driver. If yeah. not, not right. a good driver. So right. yes, maybe not the driver for you. Andrew. No, definitely not the driver. <laughs> <laughs> not maybe, definitely. <laughs> um, all right. So before we get into fact and fiction, fact or fiction, um, how can awareness and understanding of, of the CG location and MOI help a golfer um, when they're getting fit and ultimately kind of making a purchase decision. It's tough. It's, you got to find what, because the trade-off is, is between depth and inertia. And so do you want more consistency in your shots down range, like left and right? Do you want to always try and hit in the fairway? Right. Or do you want to just kind of just bomb it all the time? And we try and play the right balance of getting, still be able to have good speed and then still have it end up in the fairway. But sometimes there's inherent trade-offs that you can't get absolutely both every time. Yeah. But I think when, when us and any brand launches new products, taking a look and saying, you know, what type of club is this? Is this have a CG towards the heel being more draw bias? Yeah. Is this something like fusion where we're trying to get this CG as deep as possible, hot maximizer MOI. And if you look at clubs through that lens, through CG location and MOI, mm -hmm. that'll give you a pretty good idea and ability to compare mm -hmm. products. Correct. Yeah. And that I think is really valuable for people, especially when they realize that you know there's there is a driver out there in the color green that is not only the h highest ball speed but also the most forgiving. Yeah. Pretty yeah. deadly combo. Well, and that I just say in general the physics behind a deep CG and better ball speed is there, but. There are other technologies like face thickness, jailbreak, things of those nature of that nature that can actually affect off-center ball ball speed more than just what the physics would say. Right. right. Cool. And so, and maybe just also an understanding of like, are you in a, a person that attacks, it hits hits down on your driver or hits up on the driver? That should tell you. Well, do you maybe maybe if you hit down on the driver, maybe you should be playing a smaller driver because mm. now you're gonna that's more like your iron swing CG is gonna be a little bit closer. That might work better for you than a big old honking thing that's way deep. Kind yeah. Of thing. All right. So I got to get in um, ethic standards. <laughs> I think that's what you guys are trying to tell me. Uh, subliminally. Secretly. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's play fact or fiction. You guys. Sure. I'm going to start off the first question. All right. I don't know if you can handle this, Patrick, but we'll see. We'll see how you do. I'm getting there. We'll see how you do here. Okay. CG location is the most important characteristic with respect to performance fact or fiction. Mindbender. <laughs> Look at we're don't making him it. think. We're don't, making him don't think. Don't say it. We're making him think. <laughs> you want some side action? Always gonna say. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, no, because of course yeah. I do. Well, back to the paradigm. Like you can get an FTIQ can perform really well for somebody, mm -hmm. or like a Frankenwood, like we made for Phil, Phil? for the Masters. Yeah. That performed really well for him. Yeah. So. CG location is really important for the person who's hitting it. So you to defer. performance. So you're deferring, <laughs> I, <I'm laughs> or it's um it's faction. It's faction. Faction. Right. faction? Okay. Yes. Faction. We have, that's that's an answer in this game. 
So it's, it's gray. It's gray. <laughs> All right. Gray. That's an R&D thing. So it is important, but it's not perhaps the most important for all players. Yes. Okay. It's important to find it fit for you. Right. For the person that's swinging. Now, if uh, for a particular golfer, is getting that CG location more important than, let's say, the right amount of MOI or the head volume or the loft or the offset or the face angle, like, no, they all work in concert together. Okay. I think. Because like you could have the best CG position for your swing, mm-hmm. but if it's an eight degree driver loft and you yeah, really yeah. should be playing a 12, you're hitting 200 yards instead of 250. Okay, so I think that we yeah. could say that's a uh, fiction. Then. Fiction, yeah. Okay. It fiction. sounds like it's, yeah, it's, okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's all the pieces together. It, it helps. And, it, and that, I think that's the thing. For a perfect hit location, CG shouldn't matter too much it's when you stray around got it and depends on how much stray you have in your particular swing right okay okay number number two go for it nate adding lead tape will move the cg location and change the moi of a club head fact fact no no debate no no debate that is fact okay all right let's let's move <laughs> do, you right care, do you care <laughs> to elaborate <laughs> or is pretty uh, pretty self no no and that i think you say because what it does is it starts to move mass around the head. Now, your total club head will get heavier, because I'm assuming we are adding to an existing product. Right. And that's going to start pulling the center of gravity towards the lead tape. Right. And then with it, the MOI goes with where the center of gravity is as well. As well. So we've talked about this. Be conscious. If you need to add a couple grams, you know, let's say you cut your driver down a half oh, yeah. inch. That means you need to add probably about five to six grams of weight to the head. Yep. If yep. you're going to do that, uh, lead tape is by far the easiest way to do it. Absolutely. Be conscious about where you put it. If, yep. if if you need more draw bias, put it towards the heel. If you want the opposite, towards the toe. Towards the back will give you uh, a little more MOI, a little more spin, but maybe mm-hmm. sacrifice a minuscule amount of it because it will bring the CG away from the face. Keep that in mind. Or if you hit down on it and you want to maximize speed, put it as close to the face. Far forward as low possible. Low and forward. Yeah. Okay, number three. CG location affects launch, spin, and speed. Yes, fact. Wow, fact. two facts in a row. Fact. Nate, that's never happened before on no, the show. <laughs> My God. So, yeah, I think like we teeing it up. We covered that pretty right. good. And uh, this last one, this is my favorite word when it comes to. Oh, yeah. oh, oh here it see, comes. I hadn't, here I hadn't comes, thrown this out yet. Here it comes, you guys. So uh, spin robustness <laughs> is more important for forgiveness <laughs> than speed robustness. That smirk Ooh. on your face. Okay, so I had to kind of alluded to it earlier with consistency of spin is the way I called it and then consistency of ball speed but I was alluding to robustness and so the definition of robustness is at perfect center you have certain values backspin side spin ball speed now as far and now you start straying away from that like in a circle how much do each of those values change the bigger the change the worse the robustness so, like XR sixteen sub zero, for example, when you missed the sweet spot on that, you had a perform, you paid a performance penalty. You paid so, a an X miles per hour decrease, and right. you had an X spin increase spin, yeah, and side yeah. spin, and you had it depending on where vertical so, or lower. Ball so speed, that head versus let's say the fusion head, that XR sixteen sub zero had lower robustness values because they changed a lot when you strayed from the middle. Correct. Fusion has higher values because it doesn't stray as much when you miss the sweet spot. Or it's better. It's technically so like in side spin robustness, it's how many RPMs oh. per inch. 
oh, okay. away from center or from the hot spot. Right. And so, okay, we want only the side spin to change 100 RPMs, not 300. In right. that one, you hit the same distance off center, you're going to get 300 more RPMs on one and only 100 RPMs on, let's say, Fusion. Mm -hmm. You'd rather, I'd rather take the one that has 100 RPMs. Of course, it's much, right. yeah. Then you're, it's a lot less that you're imparting. And then, again, I talked about it earlier where when you hit it off center, you're trading some of that momentum transfer and converting it into spin. Mm. So that means you hit it way out there and it's, it now has 300 RPMs more side spin. Well, it lost all that momentum. Instead of going into forward propulsion of the ball, it's now being spun. Mm. And so now that you now you lose distance from that too. Mm. So getting back to the question here, is spin robustness? You just want to say robustness again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or speed robustness <laughs> oh. more important for forgiveness? This is a debate. I sit on the maybe the spin robustness side okay. of the camp, but there's a, there's a lot of camps inside inside R and D that that say either one or the other. But the will there be a town hall meeting to discuss this at some point? Potentially. <laughs> in the maybe the um, the bit that I see is in spin robustness is very physics related. You mm -hmm. can't really. Or maybe we haven't discovered yet how to flex a face just right to take off spin. Mm -hmm. But we know very well how to create a face when hit off center still propels the ball forward as much as we can. Got through the, using X face, speed frame, mm -hmm. jailbreak, those kinds of things. That's insightful. Okay. Let's take some questions from the Calwick community, which you could ask at calwickgolf.com slash community. Join our um, our ever-growing community of golfers, Nate. It's pretty. It's pretty big now. We're up to about thirty thousand members. Now, thirty thousand members. Exciting. Yeah, some really cool giveaways, some club testing opportunities and on there. So I check can, it out. It's I, sick. I can certify because I'm the the chief enforcer of this policy. But we have a <laughs> no trolling tolerance. And Ooh. I have never really seen much trolling. So a couple, really couple people, but they were removed. AJ, so, are yeah. you even on there? They were pro. Oh, oh am I on there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> So Maybe. yeah, so it's a great place. <laughs> it's a great place to come talk about golf, talk to people at Callaway, talk to like-minded golfers. Yep. Uh, and you will not be trolled. That's a promise. <laughs> it's not. So it's not. It's the anti-Twitter. Is what anti you're saying. Anti-Twitter. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good. All right. Let's take one from Jim C. Jim C. asks, "Is it best to use the adjustability to move the CG to where my normal miss is, or to be configured for my desired shape?" My miss is off the toe, but I want more fade. Ooh. What should he do? Hit should more he do in the heel? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some instruction. <laughs> That's Desired shape or what he's actually, his actual miss is? So we, with, with him hitting out in the toe, you'd want to move the slider probably out towards the toe to get more positive momentum transfer. But... Right that's going to still produce a right to left ball flight mm -hmm. hitting out on the toe. So right. I, uh, sorry, I, not to be, right. not to be, yeah. not to be flippant, but the hitting it a little bit closer to center will get you started in the right flight. And then you can kind of then move, move it, Then you get more impact out of um, having the center of gravity out more by the toe. So I think this like is something that we, a lot of golfers do fight the slice. Yep. And so the manual that comes with the driver says slide the weight to the heel. Mm -hmm. If you're missing to the right, slide the weight to the heel. It helps shut the face. Mm -hmm. But for this particular, uh, for Jim, who does make contact off the toe, yep. 
that's kind of counterintuitive because we also say from a physics standpoint, we want the CG closer to the impact location. Absolutely. So uh, I would tell Jim, I would try both and see which one he gets straighter ball flight with. Sometimes uh, in some of the fittings that I've been a part of, when you do move the weight, uh, and especially like with the gravity core where you could choose which one side uh -huh. or the other, uh, that would actually prevent the right miss because it would be straighter. Be, but because when the weight is towards the heel and you hit off the toe, it's a longer distance, and that created more side spin. Yeah, you end up getting more of a duck hook. So it takes the side spin away. Um, so it could go either way, but I, I, I personally would lean towards moving the weight to your impact location because that may bring the sweet spot there so there's less side spin mm -hmm. because we've moved that the, the the sweet spot and I guess the spin robustness closer to the ball. And then the other thing too. Yo, the, help the, Jim out, man. You're confusing oh, the hell out of yeah. him. Come well, on. Tell him what he should do. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the driver driver face is always curved. And so when you're hitting way out in the toe, if you look, just kind of curve your hand. Where's your where's your hand pointed? Normal from your hand is pointed out towards the right. Right. Now that's gonna because the center of gravity is kind of towards the peak, that means the ball is gonna try and curve back towards the left. So naturally, just by hitting in the toe, you already have a right to left shot shape. Right. Well, if you want to fade, that's left to right. If you can try and you need to start the ball out to the left, and then it'll come back to the right. And so that's getting the getting the hit location more towards the center will help you get there, and then the center of gravity can kind of boost it or assist it right okay so you're telling all right so you think that he should move the weight the weight then move i'd say move the weight but you may not get the desired shot shape it will yeah. definitely it'll straighten you out okay all right but it's not okay. going to get you to that's it, where, that's getting to a fade with. is a combo you got to do both yeah right and then practice your fade shots fade swings open your open your, <laughs> open your steps a little bit <laughs> i can teach you how to hit a fade yeah. I, I've, I've got that i've got that in my repertoire <laughs> all right charles p my man, Charles P. I don't know who you are, but, <laughs> but you asked, and we're going to answer. I've noticed a few of the tour guys have Ooh. two weights in the track. Oh, this is this is the question right we here. See this is the question that the golf world has been waiting for. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with the two weights? What's up with the animal style? Oh, because it's better. <laughs> if one is good, two is better? No? Well, it, Nate, you, I don't you, know, talk, you tell us. You talked about it earlier. Uh, guys on tour generally play 45 inches or less in their drivers, but most of our retail drivers are 45 and a half, 46, 47 mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that requires a certain amount of head mass to get at the same swing weight. So we have technology that allows us to still hit a D2, D1 swing weight and still be 47 inches long, mm -hmm. whereas maybe other companies either don't try or can't get there. So if you take that same design that was D2 at 47 and you chop it down to 45, well, now that thing's going to be like C, mid Cs. And now that thing's going to feel light and whippy. Mm -hmm. So then you need more weight in the club. Okay, as we talked about earlier. Okay, you could throw in lead tape or double up the track, double up the, the um, sliders in the back. Right. So why would, what performance change would say adding an extra slider versus changing the sole weight versus adding lead tape? Uh, versus adding a tip in the uh, a weight tip in the shaft. What what is the uh, the various uh, benefits to adding okay. to the track versus other locations? The track will naturally pull the CG a little bit further back, so you get a deeper CG. So that'll be better on ball speed on off center hits. You'll maybe take a little bit of hit on your spin robustness. Um, whereas if you try to do maybe put more tip weight in the shaft itself before you bonded the shaft into the sleeve, 
now you're getting kind of like this nice polar momentum, polar weighting that we called on FTIZ, where now you're trying to kind of like pull the masses apart from each other. That'll keep the CG maybe a little bit more forward. That'll probably give you either equivalent or maybe a touch more MOI, or maybe even just not drop it as much. Mm -hmm. So that'll give you more of that side spin robustness and ball sp back spin robustness, but maybe not as much ball speed robustness mm -hmm. as the other way. Or what you could do maybe just a happy medium is you take X many grams that you need to throw in. You throw half in another slider weight and you throw half in the shaft. Mm. So the I think the key takeaway here is that we don't just throw in extra weights in the sliding track for performance change. It's really a swing, swing weight, weight thing. Story. It's because yeah. of an of under length. Um, and then choosing where we put that weight more than just saying, I want more weight in the track. Well, and think about it too. It's super visible. Hey, this guy's got two in his track. Well, yeah, we right. can't see that he may also have a slug of stuff inside his mm -hmm. graphite shaft that's buried underneath the head. Right. right. Or like you see lead tape. Oh, this guy jammed a bunch of lead right. tape this forward. Is, this or, is just apparent. This is, right. we yeah, can see yeah. this. Yeah, every yeah. player makes yeah. changes. And sometimes we hear like the sound. Mm -hmm. Certain players like certain sound. Like dampen it. Yeah, So right. they'll put a lot of glue in the head if they yes. want to dampen yeah. it. And you can't see that, but this guy could have an extra eight grams in the head Absolutely. because he put extra glue in there, but right. you'll never see it. Yeah. Right. This one, it just seems to be that people see it on TV or they see it exactly. on photos or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But well, and that glue there's, more, there's usually more to the story than just the additional yes. weight. Yeah. Yes. And well, and that glue could be either shot towards the face, could be shot towards the toe, should be shot right. in the heel, or shot even way in the back. So like, right. just the fact that it has glue, we don't really... Well, we, we know where it is, but yeah. right. maybe the, it might not be apparent to right. the person who's looking at the pictures on the internet. Right. All, All right. right. This is it. This uh, is it, you guys. Michael K. This is actually a really, really good question. I'm glad we're addressing it. Okay. I went to get fit for Epic and thought the standard would be the best for me because I'm a mid-handy golfer and I tend to miss it to the right. Okay. During the fitting, I couldn't hit standard Epic solid at all. Yeah. I tried the Sub-Zero. And everything changed. Life was good. I was oh. killing it dead straight. But it seemed a little counterintuitive. Yes. Can you please explain? So he's a mid-handicapper. Oh. He usually misses to the right. And sub-zero. And now all of a sudden he hits sub-zero and he's hitting it dead straight. He's killing it. What's 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 good? What's good there? So this is where this is why I maybe land on more of the spin robustness is maybe a touch more important. So... If we, t if I, I assume, Michael, if you went out and found an FTIQ and an FTIZ, I would hazard to guess you hit FTIZ better. The reason I would say is because the CG is a little bit more forward, has the same MOI, but because MOI is the same, CG is more forward. Again, that breaker bar arm is shorter. That means it's stronger in resisting the twist. So therefore, it's has better side spin and ball and back spin robustness, and you still hit it just as well and that's and why he's saying consistent. and that's why he's hitting sub-zero better yes you're saying. yes i have two i have two theories okay let's hear him the let's first <laughs> is what we talked about before about right. attack angle yep. i'll bet yep. you he's got a positive attack angle and so the the parameters or the factors you just spoke about are better for that the other factor mm -hmm. uh could be shaft weight and that the if he was in the store trying both of the stock drivers the shaft weight on standard is lighter the track uh it's a 55 gram and the stock weight for the sub-zero is 65 gram yeah and having a little extra weight helps control the head for a lot of people helps them hit it a little straighter helps it hit it more a little more solid you might sacrifice a little bit in terms of s club head speed and thus ball speed but that could be another one but well what I if he was hitting what if he was just taking out the driver head 
Well, if he was just unscrewing the driver head and using the same shaft, then I'm going back to option one, <laughs> which is attacking. What if he has? What if he has a negative attack angle? Then, then both your theories are flawed. Then, oh, both the theories are it. flawed, but we'll never know <laughs> right, because we'll never know. Michael K uh, is uh, on the sheet of paper. Well, I'm going to ask Michael K. Ask him <laughs> on the community. You can do that. Well, uh, I'll say from the numbers, the side spin and backspin robustness are better on sub zero than they are on standard. Mm -hmm. So, from a math standpoint, right his spins are better and more consistent which can lead to the more consistent looking trajectories aj Man. doesn't believe in math i don't believe in math my head right now <laughs> is spinning i feel like i'm on the moon right now i'm like <laughs> we should go find you the uh very few righty uh frankenwoods that exist dude you should, please you know where uh, i sit come on we'll do a whole fitting room on it We'll do an entire episode on it. That would be amazing. I joke that maybe yeah. some Irishman should have taken those instead of swapping out oh. some other stuff. No. we <laughs> some, some specific Irishman. I wonder if mm. anybody knows who we're talking about. I don't, I don't think so. Probably not. No, probably probably not well, because the Frankenwood <laughs> was made for the Masters. That's and he why, won. That's why it was he made. He freaking won, man. 2010. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it existed. Yeah. That's why it existed. Too bad. He was playing well. He was playing well for two rounds, and then he kind of, yeah, yeah it's all right. He'll be back. Still putting well. All right, well, so, Patrick, if anybody has any questions at all about center gravity, MOI, or mm -hmm. any sort of R&D-related question, Ooh. how can they get in touch with you? Are you on social? Are you on Twitter? Can oh, you plug your... I, I, I do have a social, but I don't, I don't do it. Are you on the community? Can, Are you even I'm on not, the community? I should get See, on the you're community. See, you're a hypocrite. No, he well... Can, he, accusing me of not being on the community. I'm on the community. <laughs> Listen, Patrick <laughs> is really busy innovating, oh, okay. so all questions can be put through me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And He's I a middleman because I relish <laughs> I relish any opportunity to get some of Patrick's time to pick his brain about oh. all the physics stuff. So okay. it'll be a good excuse for me to talk to Patrick. So route them through me. <laughs> well, so you said the like all Patrick questions. <laughs> you you went it. you went deep into R and D like where they grow the mushrooms like in the deep dark room. Yeah. That's too hot and humid and it's dark and it's dirty. That's where I am. So you want to hear you want to <laughs> oh. you want to know one of my tricks? So in marketing we get like uh, when we launch stuff we have like all the stuff that goes out to stores yeah, and we have yeah. all the. And so um, Melissa, who is the uh, the assistant in R and D, yes. she goes, "We never get in this stuff." Well, partly because it's locked up, so it's hard yes, to get yes. in there, right? <laughs> so I take any opportunity when we get the new graphics. I always say I have to deliver these to Melissa. I have yep. to go back. <laughs> Drop them on desk. They, they, security lets me through the door. Yeah, I'm telling them my tricks. <laughs> uh, they let me through the door, and then it's always like looking on screens, trying to find you know the next Apex Irons, you know all this stuff, seeing what's coming up. But uh, but usually it's just like you have to deliver it, and then they, they kick me they're, out. They're walking, okay. they're yeah. watching you like yeah. a hawk. Yeah. Here's a, here's another here's another thing that we actually had a discussion about last week. Uh, me and two other guys uh, in the marketing department. The uh, if if you've never been to Callaway headquarters, it is enormous on the oh, outside. Yeah. It's so freaking big. Yet I've worked here for like a little over three years now. And I have literally, I'm literally on like one, not even one quarter of the campus and everything <laughs> else is R&D. How many oh. people do you guys have back in that department? It's, 
it's crazy how like restricted it is from everywhere else. You guys are in like a dungeon. They have their own entryway. <laughs> no, dude, it's two crazy. entryways. Two entryways. I feel like that makes up three fourths of headquarters. It's t- it's it's a challenge because we have a lot of the machine shop that we have, the best machine shop in golf in Callaway here in right. in the headquarters building. Plus, we have all of the ball R and D as well. So you think like crazy. these gigantic injection molding machines and rubber mixing machines. We have all that under this roof. Yeah, and that's why it's so you huge. You guys got to let me back there, man. Come on. I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to mess around, man. Next time we're machining a nice uh, Toulon putter for people, I'll, I'll, I'll call you up. Yeah, please. That's yeah, some see? cool stuff. Well, yeah. you do some cool stuff. You do a great job, Patrick. Sure. Um, and pleasure having you on. Yeah. Thanks for having and, uh, me. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on again. And if, remember, if you guys have any questions for Patrick, <laughs> ask him through Nate. And Perfect. Nate, you could be reached on the community how? Uh, Nadelman, C-G, N-A-Y-D-E-L-M-A-N-C-G, and yep. that's also on Twitter. All right, cool. And um, you can hit me up on the community, AJVCG and AJ Vopel CG on uh, Twitter. I'm sorry, the first one was for the community. but um, All right, cool. So I <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, let us know what you think. And until next time, have a good one, and we'll see you next time on The Fitting Room.